Hey, and welcome back to the third episode of the Strength Phase Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Kassala. I'm a registered dietitian. And this week, I'm really excited to bring to you guys the next um, chapter of our macros discussion. So right on the first episode of the Strength Phase Nutrition Podcast, we ended up going through macros in general, like what were they, um, how did they function, but very general and sources of them. Um, and then the second week we did a kind of a protein 101 where we kind of went through um, amino acids, essential versus non-essential, sources of protein, how much protein you should get when you're lifting weights or how much protein you should get when you are um, trying to lose some body fat and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, kind of in this review here, the next thing up is our carbohydrate sources. And I feel like this one's kind of a, a touchy subject. Even even in the science community, there is a, a subset, I'd say a small subset of people that still believe that carbohydrates do influence um, the way that we uh, store body fat and uh, our performance and advocate maybe a low carbohydrate diet and um, more or less p position themselves as... Um, that carbohydrates are the reason that we have an obesity epidemic in this country and over the uh, in in the world in general. So, um, however, it is a small subset. We will get into the weeds of this. Um, um, but before we do, I do want to jump into. Yeah, I think this fun segment, maybe a little bit more of a relatable segment to you guys, uh, and instead of just spewing stuff at you, just some, some what's new in my life, some kind of what, what am I working on? Where am I going? How, how's that going so far? Um, I think even last week they were pretty much the same, but um, things I'm working on is some consistency with weight training specifically, getting into the gym, getting my training sessions in, hitting the muscles that I need to hit. Uh, so that I can um, build muscle, stay healthy, all that fun stuff. Uh, so right this week, still three times of strength training this week, um, already hit legs and they were feeling pretty good. I haven't really moved up any weight uh, quite yet, but um, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, moving up some weight, moving up some reps, uh, they just feel, it feels a little bit more, I feel a little bit more confident with the weight on my back. Um, going for a few 20 minute walks per week is another thing that I kind of set per week per day excuse me so going for two to three walks per day um is something i set forth for myself um and you know that can range from 10 minutes to 20 minutes um and trying to maybe do them after a meal seeing where i can squeeze them in um but right just kind of trying to take care of my physical activity needs right in 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 two different forms there so um nonetheless uh, the, uh from a nutrition front um tracking my food just making sure i'm hitting my protein goals staying within my calorie budget and kind of letting things land where they land um like i said i've still been doing some like meal prep videos for youtube uh going through some different recipes trying some new recipes uh, and throwing up the videos on youtube uh and how i kind of process that or break that down so definitely go check out uh, nose nutrition youtube uh and um finally i think this episode really has brought like why i'm doing these episodes in a way right of course i want to spread nutrition information that's my goal i want to spread adequate information around nutrition nutrition related topics and have more of the public understand what they're you know what they are or aren't doing with their nutrition habits so you know with that being said i offer coaching um right now i do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching i don't know how long i'll offer one-on-one -on -one coaching but um you know for the people out there, and I'm sure there's many, right? That they've tried every diet. They're, they've they've done every you know exercise regimen out there. The eight week this, the 
keto that like right you haven't seen any progress like you're still at square one um you know i feel for you because in reality like there's so much nutrition information out there that it makes it really hard to know like what's accurate what's not what's what should i listen to so you know I think that a an opportunity for some one on one coaching could really benefit for benefit someone that's in this position, right? They've tried a lot of the diets, you know. They they follow a lot of people on the socials and the gram and get a lot of information. This is more or less for them, um, and so I think that one on one coaching can really benefit you to have a specific tailored kind of plan or pathway that can assure you that hey if i do x y will happen right if i you know track my food and you know incorporate more protein into my regimen start picking up an exercise regimen regularly and then um i can expect this outcome to happen and having that tailored to you your lifestyle like that's where it really comes into play and also having someone to be accountable towards, right? Like you've told this to somebody, you put it out in the world, you've paid somebody like what a bigger, stronger pull, uh, right. The, the saying, put your money where your mouth is <laughs> right. That kind of, it goes in, it goes in here as well, right? Like money's involved, emotions involved, your motivations involved. Like how could you, how could you not? So nonetheless, um, right. Really brought to you guys by nose nutrition coaching. Um, if you want coaching, please feel free to book an appointment. I'll go ahead and put the discovery call button in the, um, show notes here. Uh, so check those out and then, you know, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's get into what carbohydrates are. I think that this is quite the topic. I love this topic. So, Carbohydrates are among the three macros, uh, one we've already talked about, right? Protein um, that your body uses for energy, right? They, these are the these are the nutrients that you need in large quantities, and that provide us with calories, right? Um, and as we saw with protein, it not only provides us with calories, but it does provide us with a few other things as well, like uh, amino acids or you know important other building blocks. And so that's the same thing here with carbohydrates. So carbohydrates actually earn their name uh, kind of from their chemical structure uh, in a way, right? They, they are made up of carbons, hydrogens, and atoms, uh, and oxygen, excuse me. Um, and we normally find these uh, naturally like in fruits and grains, um, maybe like oatmeal or whole wheat bread. Milk products, carbohydrates um, are composed of, of essentially sugars, starches, and fibers. Um, and these are all important for a healthy, well-balanced diet. You know, when we think about carbohydrates and we think about breaking them down into their further components, like we did with the protein uh, podcast in that, right? We, we kind of went through essential amino acids, the differences in the amino acids. Maybe there's a food product that lacks an amino acid and that makes it an incomplete protein, right? So, right, when we break down carbohydrates into similar categories, right, we, would, we have sugars, starches, and fibers, we can break those down into, like, their real scientific terms uh, <laughs> and looking at, right, monosaccharides or single unit uh, of, 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 of a sugar molecule, we'll call it. Um, these can be... Uh, 
these these are essentially right your simple sugars um they're going to be found in fruits and dairy products and then we have from there we we can break it down uh and have one more category and look at disaccharides right so two uh, sugar units combined and these are kind of still that simple little sugar right there's only two of them and as you can i can see the pathway one two three four um so nonetheless, uh, disaccharides, uh, they have two sugars, uh, uh, sucrose or table sugar, um, maltose, uh, malt milkshakes, uh, I'm sure you've heard of those before. These are two uh, disaccharides and then are two saccharides, uh, meaning that there's two sugars, but still not, not a whole ton of them. Then we have something called polysaccharides and these are more or less these are going to be like your starches and these are going to have like three or more sugars kind of linked together and they're right oftentimes um your beans your potatoes your lentils your peas your mm, corn i've got a list of them here but um whole grain breads you know and, and of course whole grain cereals now you saw these different categories of um sugars and as you can kind of allude right we've and i'm sure you've heard of this before like complex carbohydrates versus versus um simple carbohydrates we'll we'll get into those here in just a minute but right we're talking kind of what are carbohydrates and in really the kind of defining them, right? So we've got several categories of them, right? We have the sugar side of things, which they're probably gonna be your monosaccharides or your disaccharides, right? Very simple, um, quickly digestible nutrients uh, or carbohydrate sources. And then you have maybe your longer chains of your polysaccharides, which are gonna be kind of your, your potatoes and your starches. So, so nonetheless, getting a well-rounded balance of these, the, the kind of recommended daily uh, amount or RDAs for carbohydrate is roughly around 135 grams, right? Again, the RDAs are kind of meant to prevent deficiencies, so that's not like what you should aim for. And in fact, right, most carbohydrates will be based on your caloric need and your need specifically. Um, although, unlike protein, they're, they're not quote-unquote essential right it's like you won't have carbohydrate uh, malnutrition from lack of intake right you it, you might have low calorie intake or low fiber intake because you're not eating enough carbohydrates but you're not going to have you're not going to be deficient in carbohydrate and be um i guess struggling as if you would if you were deficient in fat or if you were deficient in amino acids. So, um, yeah, 135 grams prevents deficiency, kind of an idea. Uh, I wonder where that comes from, to be honest with you, uh, in that at the 135 grams, it, that's probably the least limit of intake where you could get, you know, enough fiber or enough um, vitamin C or something that might be tied with a carbohydrate source. Um, so with that being said, right, uh, it can be more individualized and it can be, you, know, you can look at it as a range of your calories. So if you're eating maybe, let's say 1800 calories or even 2100 calories per day, anywhere between 45 to 65% of those calories should come from a carbohydrate source. Um, and to give, do a little math here, right? So um, it's similar to protein, uh, carbohydrates have about one calorie per gram. 
uh, and when we do some math there, we have, um, let's do those two examples, the 1800 and the 2100. We have about 1800 calories at 45%, that'd be about 202 grams of carbohydrate per day. And then at 65%, that would be about 293 grams of carbohydrate per day. Um, so right, much more than that 135 number and probably, you know, it's, it's a good amount of carbohydrate for that calorie limit. Um, the next would be the 2100 calories, uh, which would be 45% at around 300 or 236 grams. And then at 65%, 341 grams of carbohydrate, uh, would come from a 2100 calorie diet. Now we'll chat about these and your ideal number of carbohydrates later on kind of based on a fat loss or a muscle building base. So carbohydrates uh, and why they're important. Um, really the simplest, and I'm sure you've heard before, carbohydrates are really the fuel source that our brains and muscles absolutely love, right? So our central nervous system and our, and our muscles that we're training and working out the car carbohydrate glucose and glycogen are going to be the kind of their main sources of fuel all of those are just different iterations of uh, carbohydrate and how it's stored so you know i kind of want to give an interesting idea uh, an interesting story to this idea of energy and how we use it even if we don't move so there was a uh interesting story about the brain specifically and and its energy use the ESPN article was called uh, The Grandmaster's Diet, How to Lose Weight While Barely Moving. And so this was a an article about chess players that would go to their, I'm assuming, yearly championships where they would sit game after game after game for day after day after day and would lose an incredible amount of weight uh and they were it's been kind of a interesting idea that right although they're not moving although they're not doing anything they are thinking and they are still like their brain is using that much energy in order to kind of strategize play the game of chests uh and so on so in the in the article i'm gonna go ahead and quote from here, if you guys do want to check it out, it's on ESPN.com, The Grandmaster's Diet, How to Lose Weight While Barely Moving. I'll link to the article in the show notes as well so that y'all can uh, check it out for yourself if you want. But this is kind of the beginning of the article, and it kind of highlights a few good points. Um, so in the article, uh, it was quoted, the 1984 World Chess Championship was called off after five months and 48 games because defending champion... And Tuli Karpov had lost 22 pounds. 22 pounds, that's insane. I, I, you right, like just from playing the game of chess, right? I bet I'm imagining he's probably also in a competition phase. Like he's probably not eating a lot. He's probably playing games, like playing the game all day uh, and competing all day. So like, right, yeah, I mean, 48 days of that would really run its toll. Okay, back to another quote here. In, in 2004, winner uh, Rustam Kazmed. Duval walked away with um away from a six game world championship having lost 17 pounds right this is in 2004 this was you know 10 years almost 10 years ago now 
and so right again another kind of indication that wow the the, the these grandmasters of chess that are playing this at a world championship level day after day after day they're losing a ton of weight so in october of 2018 polar which is a us-based company that tracks heart rate monitored chess players during a tournament and found that the 21 year old russian grandmaster i'm sorry about these names i'm really having a hard time pronouncing it but mikolai antibolv uh, had burned 560 calories in two hours of sitting playing chess right that is insane i think that was equivalent to, to trying to run like a marathon or something in two hours is what the article said but uh continue with the quotes here there's a guy quoted uh, a scientist was quoted robert spulky spulk sky who studied stress in primates at stanford says that the chess players can burn up to six thousand calories a day while playing ch uh, the chess tournament three times uh what the average person consumes in a day it continues based on breathing rates which triple during competition blood pressure which elevates the and muscle contractions before during and after major tournaments sapokliskai suggests that the grandmaster's stress uh response to chests are on par with that of elite athletes experiences and it continues here it all combines to produce the average of two pounds of weight loss per day or about 10 to 12 over the course of a 10-day tournament in which each grandmaster might play five or six times so right in i'm ending the quotes there just to kind of give you guys an idea but you know this story of the chess players is an example of how much uh, energy our brain can use and demands right and so right to to cut off its energy source by maybe having a low uh, carbohydrate intake diet or a low carb diet uh, would essentially right to cut off your main primary fuel source. And if you're cutting off your main primary fuel source and these grandmasters are, you know, losing weight by the poundage per day and they are thinking just from sitting there thinking like how like right, what what effects are they? Ha what effects is it having on on you to, to to have the low carbohydrate diet um so so right when we look at some of those reasons why uh you know specifically why carbohydrates themselves are essential for kind of that mental and physical health um side of things right we'll just look at this we looked at the grandmasters but the brain in and of itself relies on glucose as kind of its main fuel source right this is fuel source that's kind of pumping through you is blood sugar so you can just essentially you know pluck it out whenever you need it and so that if you have this consistent flow of blood sugar your brain essentially has enough fuel to kind of perform and use quick readily available energy it will switch over to fat if it doesn't have enough carbohydrate eventually but nonetheless um yeah, it is a uh, it's a primary fuel source for the brain. Um, the next piece that why carbohydrates are important, I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but you're kind of getting this package deal. Um, you're kind of getting right this energy plus uh, something else. So carbohydrates are normally or oftentimes carbohydrates are sources of fiber as well. So right, a sweet potato or whole grain cereal or whole grain sprouted bread these are normally sources of fiber which is an essential nutrient uh we talked about in macros 101 that 
it should be counted, right? It's essential for gut health and gut regulation and bowel movements uh, and even water and electrolyte regulation and microbiome health. So it's really pivotal, pivotal that we are getting enough fiber. And if we're not eating enough carbohydrate, we can, you know, kind of assume that we're probably not, we're going to be hitting uh, a limit to our overall fiber intake. Um, so, you know, I think it's important to, to realize that we have we have solid evidence now that looks at this axis between our gut and our brain and how this regulation happens between these two different organs essentially but the, the, how they influence each other immensely so right if our gut microbiome is off balance and we don't have the right amount of bacteria or we have an invasion of a different bacteria um they are connected they're linked so if one's out of whack the other might be it might be hard to manage the other one eating complex carbohydrates can help with uh really cultivating this microbiome it can kind of give the microbes specifically the the bacteria in our gut the nutrients that they need in order to survive, populate, and thrive. So, right, it, they, they play an integral role in our microbiome and, and how diverse it is and how much of, uh, you know, population, how many different populations we have of different bacteria. There's a, the microbiome is a whole separate animal, and I love it. I, I try and find a new book on it at least, you know, once, once a quarter. Um, so, nonetheless... Carbohydrates are also responsible for the regulation of this blood sugar. We talked about the the blood sugar and kind of having readily accessible um, energy, calories, sugar <laughs> for the brain. And this is the purpose of blood sugar. And from there, um, it's blood sugar and insulin and that hormonal response. There's also another hormonal response that happens from um, maintaining, you know, too low of a carb diet or even too high of a carb diet, which would be your thyroid hormone or T3. Um, it's... Uh, it is important to really consider the consumption of carbohydrate and making sure that you are meeting the requirement. You don't need to be going over the top with it, um, but otherwise you can have some impact on your on some of your hormone production. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but this might be where like refeeds and diet breaks come into play to make sure that you're not stimulating um, this negative aspect or these uh metabolically protective protective mechanisms that protect you from starving when you're in like a caloric deficit so how i like to think about carbohydrates specifically is kind of as a bogo right buy one get one free it's like the best sale ever so if you are able to get a shirt and a pair of pants you can for the same price that's awesome so thinking about carbohydrates in the same way would be in in light of Okay, I am clearly getting a carbohydrate source from this. Does this donut have fiber? Does this donut have any vitamins or minerals? Does this? Okay, great. Then this is just serving me as energy. It doesn't really serve me in other ways versus maybe doing something like quinoa or brown rice or a whole wheat sprouted bread, maybe with some jelly on top for that matter, right? Okay, whole wheat sprouted bread. I've got fiber. I've got minerals. I got B vitamins. I've got 
Um, maybe we're doing a jelly on top with some preserve or something that you have. And it has vitamin C in there. So right now that you have swapped this donut for this slice of whole wheat bread. You can kind of see that you're getting more bang for your buck if you're going with the whole grain spread of bread versus with the jelly versus the donut. Not that the donut's bad. I love donuts. But yeah, I digress. So I think it's important to point out at this point, looking at. We've gotten to it a little bit, but this idea of complex versus simple carbohydrates and what they are, I think it'll help explain kind of the, you know, the four, the three categories that we talked about earlier, the sugar, the starches, um, and it'll help kind of give us some foundation to what we just talked about by like, right, why are they important? So uh, we have complex versus uh, simple carbohydrates. Carbs are really classified in these one of these two distinctions of simple or complex and this really comes from the differences in their their chemistry structural chemical structural uh components uh, so along with this idea that you know being that one might be a little bit more complex it would take a little bit longer to digest right so you have that polysaccharide in that starch or potato that is, you know, three or more of these sugar molecules kind of paired together or, or latched together. And your body has to break each one of those. It's going to take more time than, let's say, you know, that monosaccharide or that single sugar or that sugar that it would be to be like, oh, we're ready for you. Let's just go ahead and put you in the blood. We're good to go. Send her on his way, on, on his way or her way. If we're genderizing sugar, I don't know why. Yeah. Nonetheless. Um, uh, so that's kind of the way to look at them, right? Is how quickly they'll be absorbed. And if they are falling that simple category, then they're probably just further down the line of processing, meaning that they can be digested really easily. So along with this statement of simple versus complex and its absorption rate, it's important to mention that all carbohydrates, whether you're eating a sweet potato or sweet tarts, all carbohydrates uh, are, are a quick source of energy for the body. Um, now, some will get into the bloodstream a little bit faster than, the other, than others, um, but they both will contribute to blood sugar overall. Um, but the difference is really being in that the complexity, the absorption rate, and the following instances, which I would say would be kind of in going to fall in line with metabolism, which we're going to go into next. But if you are having a complex carbohydrate that is taking more time to break down, therefore kind of slowly releasing blood sugar or sugar that can then be, you know, enter the bloodstream and taken to where it needs to go. You're kind of getting this kind of even keel effect, right? You eat the sweet potato, your blood sugar goes up slowly, kind of slowly levels off slowly, and then, you know, kind of climbs back down a few hours later. Now, when you do something with like a simple sugar, you, you know, you're going to have that period of time where it's just going to go like, it's going to climb a little mountain peak and then it's going to kind of topple over and then it's going to fall just as fast as it climbed. 
And so this kind of gives you a better understanding of this idea of complex, hard to break down, takes longer to absorb, has more of a time-released effect of blood sugar versus simple sugar or simple carbohydrate, break down really quickly, absorb really quickly, peak out blood sugar really quickly, drop off blood sugar really quickly. So there's a time and a place for that, right? If you're going to go train or if you're in the middle of training, you don't want something that's going to take three hours to digest and absorb. You're going to want something quick that is going to hit your stomach and you've got blood sugar and you're ready to go the next round or the next half or the next set or whatever you've got next. So simple and complex, let's, let's, let's now pivot into this idea of metabolism. So most carbohydrates break down uh, into glucose. I say most because, right, some some carbohydrates, like the the very long chains of carbohydrates, like fiber, they're just gonna continue. They're not really gonna break down much. Our body doesn't have the enzymes to break them down. However, what they're gonna do is they're gonna travel to, you know, our intestines, our large intestines, and they're gonna feed the populations of bacteria in there that need, you know, uh, you know, something that's a little bit more roughage, I guess you would say that that can't be digested by us, but they can chomp on it and they can make, you know, more byproduct and more, you know, more other of its bacteria and repopulate its population. So, um, that's why I say most, (laughs) um, are going to break down into this monosaccharide or the single unit of blood sugar, right? From there, the body is either going to use the glucose uh, immediately for energy or it's going to store it and it's going to store it not in fat, but it's going to rather store it as this other unit called glycogen. And glycogen is a is the storage form of carbohydrate that's not right. Doesn't it's not a fat yet. We haven't converted it and done to put it into fat, but rather it's this long chain of carbohydrates that's really accessible and really easy to use and it's pretty much solely stored in the muscle and the liver i mean anywhere between 400 grams give or take 300 to 500 grams is kind of what the the normal average human can store and so when we take that into consideration here we can either use the blood glucose immediately, or we can fill some of our muscle bellies uh, or our muscles with this glycogen, or our liver can take some of them. After that, they're, you know, especially if we're overconsuming calories in addition to overconsuming carbohydrates, then we can have a little bit of a spillover effect. And this is where we can start converting some of those into, you know, fat tissue that we can then use later on. So, Glycogen is essentially uh, a, a readily available storage form of blood sugar uh, that's, that is a polysaccharide. It's a long chain of glucose that's really primarily stored in the muscles. And the muscles are really greedy with it, too. They're kind of like sponges for it. Once they absorb it, they're not letting it go for anything, right? They, they have some carbohydrate. They have some fuel to get them through so that they can kind of keep pushing and moving forward and do the next thing. And so they're not going to let it out if you have lead, blood sugar. It's kind of like... You have your debit card and your savings account, right? And your debit card is not going to tap into your savings account. Um, and but you know, if you really need your money, you can go into the bank and go, you know, pull out some money from your savings account. So that's kind of the way I like to think about this glycogen idea, uh, especially in the muscles. The liver is a different story. The liver will uh, spit out glycogen, especially when it's 
and um especially when it's going through a period of time when the blood sugar might be dropping it that's that liver glycogen storage is more or less there to help you regulate that blood sugar when you go for periods of time without you know ingesting carbohydrate so uh this like we've talked about the excess glucose is converted into storage as fat um which it can be used again just not as easily as it can if it's stored in the muscle or the liver as glycogen like we have to reconvert it and it's a it's a process i think that this is where it kind of gets important to mention that your carb sources are Are important to you know whether you're managing your weight or managing your energy or managing disease they're going to be important to stay within their limit but it's also going to be important to meet that limit it's not just about taking away carbohydrate and feeling good about it but rather okay i have you know this many allotted carbohydrates per day and i need to make sure that i'm hitting a specific number of them uh, throughout the day and making sure that I'm getting fiber with it, I'm getting vitamins, I'm getting minerals, so I'm getting a ton of different sources. So I think that choosing your carbohydrates wisely, leaning more towards the complex side of things, but also including some of the simple carbohydrates. And with that being said, let's talk about some of those sources, right? So carbohydrate sources, uh, are, they're typically naturally found in, in you know, we've, I'm sure you've heard of many of them, fruits, um, different nuts seeds grains um dairy uh legumes uh rooted vegetables like carrots and then of course processed and refined carbohydrates white breads pastas um pastries and then uh, of course sugar like honey syrup agave nectar and so there are uh, a list of several different carbohydrates they all have their own kind of benefits right you've got your grains or your you know your barleys your wheats your oats your legumes your chickpeas your lentils your beans like i think about how many different micronutrients i've just listed in the first two um right all the different vitamins and minerals that might be incorporated with these foods like oats right or like chickpeas so right you're not just getting carbohydrate from these sources but you're also getting a ton of other things so like I mentioned, it's definitely important to kind of lean on the side of that complex, um, but it's not always uh, necessary. Like having a pretty readily available carbohydrate source mid-afternoon before you go do a workout could be pretty beneficial to your performance in the gym. So uh, it's not that one is necessarily preferential. It's just about kind of having the knowledge and being able to kind of apply it to your day-to-day -day routine and being like, oh, you know, I have to use my brain and my body here in the next hour i'm gonna have some simple carbohydrates so that i make sure that i'm capable of achieving x task so we jump into how much and really what those guidelines we mentioned earlier and kind of pivoting off of that so as a reminder what we mentioned earlier was that kind of minimal limit is 135 grams uh, is recommended kind of to prevent deficiencies or the at least the recommended daily allowance and then we have kind of subset of goals, right? So we have fat loss and then we have muscle building and what happens with carbohydrate intake in those specific subsettings. And I'm right for strength phase nutrition podcast. I think this is kind of what we are really here for. So the bread and butter. And so how much 
for fat loss. Let's go into that first. And so let's talk about fat loss and what all of it entails. So first of all, fat loss, as far as a nutritional component, what are the, the standard aspects of fat loss? There's going to be a, you know, a cutting of overall calories, right? We're going to, we need to be in a caloric deficit in order to lose weight. And that caloric deficit can be anywhere from five to 20%. Uh, and so we are just shaving off a huge opportunity to get other nutrients, but we're also shaving off a huge opportunity to get more energy that would prevent us from, you know, losing the fat. Now, in addition to that, right, in addition to cutting overall calories, typically, if you talk to probably anybody out there, as far as like kind of macro or weight loss coach or dietitian, right, typically, there's going to be a little bit of increase in your protein as well. So right, not only do we have a cutting over calories, now protein is getting a bigger portion of, uh, of the percentage of, of those already cut calories. So right, you can kind of see where I'm going with this, there's not a lot left for carbohydrate. Um, so we have a cutting of overall calories. We have an increased need for protein, right? And that's going to be to prevent any muscle wasting and making sure that you have enough amino acids to signal to your body. Hey, I've got muscle. I've got aminos. Keep these, keep these puppies around, right? And uh, what this kind of naturally leads to is consuming less carbohydrate throughout the day. And with the goal of being fat loss, I mean, you're, you're just, that this is going to be the case is naturally eating fewer carbohydrates. And we talked about this. It can have an effect on, you know, not just having enough energy for your brain or having enough blood sugar, but it also affects some of your hormones like your thyroid hormone, um, T3 or your, it, it, you know, specifically with that, this might be where like a refeed or diet breaks or reverse dieting might come into play where you are strategically trying to increase more carbohydrate intake and strategically trying to have, it'd be a really good podcast if we did a, a refeed or a diet break one. I'll, uh, I'll definitely consider that for when we're done with the macros, but um, thinking about, okay, you know, Right. The conditions for fat loss really aren't designed to optimize carbohydrate intake, which right could leave you, lead, lead you to a disadvantage of getting overall fewer nutrients like fiber, like like uh, vitamins and minerals. And so having a strategic plan on, you know, days where you will specifically eat more carbohydrate that have enough fiber, that have enough micronutrients that can make up for what you didn't get for, you know, this period of time when you were in the deficit or trying to lose body fat and trying to recover some of the damage adaptation. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, but awesome. So we, we kind of talked about, you know, how much for fat loss There's, overall, it's just going to shrink. The carbohydrate intake is going to suffer. Energy intake is going to suffer. You're cutting overall energy intake and it really is going to come from your carbs and fats at the end of the day. So, um, the moral, the lesson there is just fewer <laughs> is really what it comes down to. Um, so the next one is building muscle and how much for building muscle. So during kind of a muscle building phase, eh, you'll be strength training, uh, which is kind of why you'll, you'll be strength training and trying to progress that strength training forward, right? You're hopefully doing some sort of progressive overload where you're adding five pounds to the, to the bar each week. I, I don't definitely don't take that as advice, but like, right. You know, theoretically 
you are increasing your overall um, output and performance in the gym. And in doing so, you're going to need the energy to do that, right? And so this is, might be where, you know, having more carbohydrates, having a few extra calories might come into play to help you and support you to get you through that next workout to get you through recovering faster, and so forth. So first, uh, your carbohydrate needs are are typically based on uh, your calories. So during a, a muscle building phase, I would imagine you're probably eating at least at maintenance or uh, maybe in a slight caloric surplus, right? You're eating a few more calories. So um, you can then apply kind of the the USDA's or the US the United States' recommendations of uh, 45 to 65% of your daily calories are coming from carbohydrate. When we looked at, you know, 1,800, 2,100, right? It was a range of 200 grams of carbs all the way up to close to 400 grams of carbs. So that could work really well, especially if you're in a caloric surplus. Um, now, with that being said, there might be a more ideal number to hit, which would be, uh, according to the the, the British Journal of Sports Medicine, um, athletes uh, should consume somewhere in the range of 6 to 10 grams of carbohydrate per kilogram of body weight, which uh, I think they did the math here, which was 2.7 to 4.5 grams of carbohydrate per body pound. And so that could be quite a, few, quite a bit more carbohydrate. And during this period of time, when you're trying to build muscle, like energy production and energy output is kind of more beneficial. And carbohydrates actually do play a huge role in preservation of lean body tissue, right? If you have enough energy to get through your workouts, to recover, to do your daily tasks, and you're never really dipping into your caloric, to your reserves, you may say, you're going to preserve muscle tissue from having to be that energy source and broken down, or at least preserve the amino acids that might be broken down in that case, because you have enough of the energy source coming in, in the form of carbohydrates. So you could probably get by by eating less protein during a muscle building phase and actually increase your carbohydrate intake um, to a more optimal level, which for you, I, it would, you know, of course, that would take some coaching and some talking uh, to, to, uh, to fully understand. But uh, like I mentioned, definitely reach out to me. Um, I'll put my, my book uh, appointment uh, link in the show notes. So this idea of 2.7 to 4.5 grams of carbohydrate, having, the, having a more optimal carbohydrate level and its ability to preserve uh, uh, the amino acids and be kind of a protein sparing aspect while also simultaneously giving you the energy output and energy actually energy input like intake and therefore allowing you to have a higher output so you know to kind of bring us together uh, that, that was a pretty long rant on on carbohydrates you know carbohydrates they are an essential for providing energy to ourselves right we, we know that we need this energy we looked at the grandmasters kind of interesting article i wouldn't call it a study but it definitely an article kind of salacious in a way but nonetheless um right this demand that our body has for not only energy production but you know helping regulate different hormones and uh, overall helping the metabolism of our body they should be an integral role in a balanced, healthy diet. And they, because they essentially provide us with vitamins, minerals, fiber, and of course, right, energy. So I'll reiterate it here. Uh, there will be a few links for you down below uh, to the ESPN article and to, of course, um, 
getting some coach, some nutrition coaching, right? And and to give you a little bit of an idea of kind of how I help people is specifically around uh, giving them the tools that they need and the plan that and the roadmap that they need to fit their specific lifestyle, right? Not everybody's the same. Not everybody goes to bed at the same time, wakes up at the same time, has the same energy expenditure, goes to the gym. Like nobody's, we're not robots. We are all different. And so finding that system that works for you is, is how I help. So, right, we'll start off with some developing a kind of a custom macronutrient and calorie plan for you and your goals then we'll get you a meal plan so that you have some recipes to bake off of or, or cook off of and then of course i think the most important point would be getting to kind of bounce some ideas and bounce some strategies off of so one-on-one -on -one check ins with me um at least once every other week so that you can have the accountability support uh, to get yourself to that next level without spinning your wheels anymore. And so um, definitely, you know, book a call if you're interested in in having some nutrition coaching. And then for next week, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end off the macro section with 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 dietary fat. And I I pause there for a minute because I'm thinking I think that we won't end it with di just dietary fat, but rather we'll, we're going to end it with dietary fat and fiber. Um, I don't think I'll put them in the same podcast because they they really are their own animals and we would be here talking and you'd be listening forever, even if you put me on two times to listen. So next week will be the carbohydrate. And I think I'm going to go through some of these diet methodologies after, right? So like caloric deficit, what do we do there? What What should be a fat loss phase? What should be a muscle building phase? I think it'd be cool to also do some of those refeed, um, reverse dieting, kind of uh, looking into those a little bit more and giving you guys that. So, um, yeah, um, I'd say finally, if you've got any questions, comments, or thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. Um, reach out to me. I'll throw my email address and uh, would love to, you know, maybe answer your questions and do like a Q&A section in, in some of these episodes. So um, I'll leave my email address as well in the description. So feel free to shoot me an email. Other than that, I hope you guys have a, a great rest of the day, rest of the week. Get after your goals. And thank you for listening to the Strength Phase Nutrition Podcast. I'm Noah. And we'll talk to you next time.